This episode is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is an easy and powerful way to start podcasting. We give you all of the tools you need for a successful podcast, such as unlimited podcast hosting, podcast distribution, monetization options for podcasts of any size, and live stream podcasting capabilities. Sign up today at www.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. Hello, and welcome to A Murderous Affair. I know it's not Monday, but I'm still feeling a little murderous. I'm not even going to apologize for that pun because like 60% of the reason why I made this podcast is specifically to use that pun. All right, hello and welcome back. Thank you guys for being a little patient with me this week. I know this episode is coming up on a Wednesday and not a Monday, but we're just rolling with it. My name is Gabrielle and I'm your host and today we are talking about Evelyn Dick a so-called Black Widow killer. And the irony of her name is also about 80% of why I chose her to focus on this week. So right away, I want to go ahead and thank the amazing resources that I used, evelyndick.com, which has her entire biography and kind of life story and information about everyone who's involved. Um, I got a lot of it, my information from there. And then also from the Canadian Encyclopedia article about Evelyn Dick. And this article was written by Edward Butts. And I'm not even sure how to process that, but it's true, I promise you. we're making our way up north to Canada, where the name Evelyn Dick has quickly fallen into local legend. So, Evelyn Dick was born Evelyn McLean, the only child of immigrated Scottish parents Donald and Alexander. They moved to Hamilton, Ontario when Evelyn was one, and she grew up going to private Catholic schools, even though her parents could barely afford it. So apparently, the McLean family had that champagne taste on a beer budget type of thing going on. Most especially her father Donald, tended to live well outside what their income could actually afford. So, Donald supplemented that income by stealing from his employers, the Hamilton Street Railway. And I think it goes without saying that Donald was not the best guy. Besides stealing from his employers, he also was abusive and alcoholic. And apparently, so was Evelyn's mother. Now, Evelyn the child grew up to be Evelyn the very attractive woman. And it's funny because it's actually mentioned multiple times in so many different articles how attractive she was. So as a side note, I wanted to say that I always find it so interesting when it comes to these female killers, how they rate their attractiveness. Like when I talked about Hell's Princess, Belle Gunness, it was mentioned many times how people found her so unattractive and ugly, as if somehow that made what she was doing worse. And then killers like Evelyn, who are attractive, always seem to have that air of like, oh, it's too bad she ended up being a murderer because she was just so pretty. There's definitely some interesting psychology there that I'm not well versed in when it comes to the reasoning behind that and if anyone has anything more to say I'd love to hear from you because I'm sure that there's tons of other stuff relating to like 
attraction and murder and stuff like that. But that's for another time. For now, let's get back to Evelyn. Okay, so Evelyn grows up to be very attractive, we can all agree. And the advice her mother gives her was to use her attractiveness to get rich men to buy things for her and to get in with kind of the elite crowd in Hamilton. She began dating many of the wealthy bachelors in the Hamilton area at the time. She also started trying to throw these lavish parties and which generally didn't have the biggest turnout. So she was trying really hard to be accepted by this really elite and upper-class crowd but she wasn't exactly succeeding. But at one point, jumping between suitors, Evelyn finds out that she's pregnant. She gives birth to a daughter in July of 1942, and then she gives her daughter to her mother to take care of and raise. In 1944, she gave birth to a son that she named Peter. But when she returned home from the hospital, she didn't have the baby. When she was asked about her newborn son, she admitted to giving him to the Children's Aid Society for adoption, claiming that her father didn't want another child in the house. So now it's the summer of 1945, a little under the year since she'd given her son up for adoption, and she meets Russian immigrant John Dick, where he's working as a streetcar driver. He was around 15 years older than her, and she believed that due to his age and position as a driver that he had a wealthy income. They got engaged only a few weeks after having met and quickly got married, which was against her parents' wishes and they actually didn't turn up at the wedding at all. They get married and almost immediately the honeymoon period wears off because, as it turns out, John Dick didn't have nearly as much money as Evelyn believed. So, once she realized that, Evelyn restarted an affair she'd had with another man named Bill Bohozik. Now, John, for his part, still tried to make things work, but their relationship just deteriorated as even as they lived together. Eventually, he moved out to live with his cousin, since the house was actually in Evelyn's name, and she continued with her affairs. Now, I guess John had even tried to appeal to Evelyn's father for guidance to try and get him to make his daughter act appropriately wifely, but her father refused, which then led to John threatening him, saying that Evelyn had let him in on the family's secret, and that he would inform police that Donald was stealing from his employers. Not the best move. And not long after that, shocker, John ends up going missing. He was last seen on March 6, 1946, in a restaurant in town. Now, on March 16th, some children were hiking in the mountains when they came across the torso of a man with gunshot wounds just off the trail. Ugh, poor kids. So this torso is quickly identified to be John Dick, which means that authorities immediately brought Evelyn in, only to quickly become suspicious of her. And while she's being interrogated, investigators begin the search of her house. And it's while they're investigating that they find, in her attic, the concrete encased body of her son, Peter. <sighs> She's literally one of the absolute worst people. Ugh. Okay. So once they find the body of her infant son, further searches were conducted of both Evelyn's house and her parents' house. Police also learned that apparently Evelyn had borrowed a large car from a man named Bill Landig. Now, when this Bill Landig received his car back, there was blood all over the front seat, the seat covers were completely missing, and there was still bloody clothing in the back. There was an investigation that was done, and it proved that the blood was the same type of John Dick's. And it was at this point that Evelyn told police that a mysterious man had called her, told her that John had made a woman pregnant, and that he was getting what was coming to him. Then, this mystery man asked her to meet so that he could borrow a car. And of course, she agreed. So Evelyn then explained that she met the man and that he had a large sack with him. He told her it contained, quote, part of John. 
Her story went on to say that she drove this man and his cargo to the dumping site. Now, at this point, Evelyn took the police on the route that she claimed they followed. And when they asked her if it was at all alarming that her husband's body had been in the vehicle at that time, she said that she wasn't happy about it, but that it was a, quote, pretty mean trick to break up a home. Apparently, this referred to the woman who John had allegedly impregnated. And of course, she denied conspiring to kill her husband. At this point, Evelyn, her parents, and the man that she was having an affair with, Bill Bohosik, were all indicted for murder. Evelyn and Bill were also charged with the murder of her infant son, Peter. During trial, Alexandra testified against her daughter in order to gain immunity for her participation. Evelyn's lawyers also wanted her tried separately from the other defendants because they really wanted to play up the youth and beauty aspect as reasons why she couldn't possibly be convicted of murder. But let's hear Alexandra's testimony. Evelyn had been absent from the house for a prolonged period on 6th of March, the last day John Dick had been seen. Alexandra also said that on 8th March, she had asked Evelyn if something had happened to him. According to Alexandra, Evelyn responded that he wouldn't be coming around anymore. Alexandra also testified that her husband owned a handgun and a large butcher's knife. At this point, evidence against Evelyn was considered to be mostly circumstantial, but the jury found her guilty for the murder of her husband. She was originally sentenced to death, but with an appeal and a change of defense attorney, she actually ended up getting her case appealed and found not guilty. Now, her lawyer, John J. Robinette, was so extremely skilled that he was able to provide a strong possibility that it was actually her father, Donald, who had killed him, and that was enough to convince the jury to, to rule her not guilty. When it came time for Evelyn to be put on trial for the murder of her baby, Peter, her new lawyer had a psychiatrist brought in. This psychiatrist said that because of the trauma of her childhood, she had the emotional mentality of a teenager, and therefore that should be taken into account when it came to her actions. According to EvelynDick.com, Evelyn's responses and demeanor were inappropriate. Psychiatrists found her to be on the borderline between having dull normal and moron-like intelligence. In addition, it was reported that she had the mental capacity of a 13-year-old girl, although this diagnosis was surprising to many who knew her to be an extremely intelligent and manipulative woman. And for this crime, she was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to life imprisonment. Donald McLean was found guilty of being an accessory to murder and sentenced to five years in prison. He received an additional five years for theft, and Bill Bohozuk was cleared of all charges. In 1958, Evelyn was paroled after serving 11 years in prison. She then seemed to vanish, assuming a new identity. Uh, the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mountain Police, that were in charge of her case, kept her mandatory visits and check-ins private. And eventually, in 1985, Evelyn was granted a pardon under the Royal Prerogative of Mercy, which meant that she no longer had to report to police or the parole board and her file was sealed forever. If Evelyn Dick is still alive, she would be 99 years old as of 2019. And that is the story of Evelyn Dick, aka the torso murder. So I feel like out of all the stories so far, this is the most unsatisfying one that I've ever covered. It's just, it's so ridiculous to me how youth and beauty can be seen as an excuse or a reasoning behind people's atrocious actions. You know, like at that point in her life, she was an adult and she knew that murder was wrong. And yet somehow, even though she did end up going to prison, it feels like it almost wasn't enough for the both of the murders. And John Dick's case is still technically considered to be unsolved because even though Evelyn was originally found guilty, Upon appeal, she was found not guilty, and no one else has been charged for his murder. But 
that is the story of Evelyn Dick. I would love to know what you guys think, especially if you guys have any insight to the psychology of why we think that for some reason attractive people are less likely to commit horrific crimes or anything like that. I just, I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to know what you thought of this episode. If you want to hear more, then make sure you check out A Murderous Affair on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to hear more of me, check me out on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube at Frumious Reads, where I talk about all things bookish, including true crime reviews. That's all I have for you guys today. Stay spooky, friends, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Podbean Live. Podbean Livestream is a unique platform for turning your podcast production into a live show. It's open to any podcaster on any hosting site. Easily invite multiple co-hosts and guests to join your live stream. Earn money from live show ticket sales and get listener rewards and engage your audience in new and exciting ways. Ready to get started? Sign up today at www.podbean.com slash live. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash live.